What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Small World Business Podcast. My name is Justin Colzo. I'm here with my co-host. Dan Poku. It's a small world, and business connects us all. So buckle up, and let's grow together. All right, guys, we've got a special episode this week. Really, really excited about this conversation. we got a good, dear friend of mine, old co-worker, uh, Matt Ballard. Matt, welcome to the show. Happy to have you. Guys, yeah. thank you. Thank you so much for having me, man. I'm so excited for this. Yeah, we've, we've been waiting to have you on for, for a while now. You're actually one of the first people that came to my mind mm. when we started the podcast. Um, you know, scheduling conflicts. You were supposed to be on last episode. Scheduling yeah. conflicts popped up on both ends, uh, but everything kind of worked out, so... I'm yeah. very excited. Yeah, thank, been you for, thank you for actually you. waiting. By the way, <laughs> <laughs> he's been talking about you for a long time. I have. I've been so. a, this is this is a story. This is a <laughs> a fight to get you on here, and yeah. the stuff that you've gone through to be where you are is, is something that I'm really excited to talk about. And something I think not only entrepreneurs, not only athletes, and but I think everyone can relate to and be excited to listen to. So Absolutely, Matt. Give us for for those wondering. Matt is the founder, CEO. Whatever other title you want, a delivery driver, that works. That whatever works. you want to get them for, AM Fit Meals mm-hmm. uh, out of Tampa. Pretty successful, I'd say, given the fact that you just started it, really. Yeah. Matt, give us a little bit of background on you. Don't go into the business just yet. Who are you? Where'd you come from? How'd you get here? Sure, sure. So how deep do you want to go? <laughs> you want to stay on the surface or you want to go deep? Deep as you want to go, buddy. Yeah, go deep, All right. Well, well, we'll go deep soon. Let's keep it Let's keep it nice and positive in the beginning, and then maybe we go into the, the fun stuff later on about how, how, how uh, deep entrepreneurship can get as well as life. Um, but I started out in Quincy, Illinois, small town in Illinois. Um, I didn't grow up on a farm or nothing. I was kind of a city boy in a small town. Um, kind of never fit in, no matter what group I was in. I was always the oddball, never really... No matter what, whether it was people that played sports or the church group or whether it was the skaters, you know, my first friend group when I was 11, like I never really fit in and I didn't know why. Uh, at a very, very early age, um, you know, my, my, my parents, they split up one, uh, one years old. Um, they were 19 and 18 years old. And uh, that was, you know, I, yeah, I don't know how they did it, but they did it and they, and they did it well. Uh, my father passed away last year. So, you know, a lot of the stuff that I did this last year was because of him, you know, that, that fire that lit under my butt. But until then he was, he was fantastic. And he's a huge reason why I'm here as well as my mother. Now I am similar to Dan, which I come from a single uh, parent household. Um, the struggle of that, a lot of people know, a lot of people get that. Um, it's, you, you have to grow up and being a man very early in life. Yeah. Um, by the time you're 12 or 13, you're already a man. You already know how to cook, you already know how to do all the chores, you can already go out and hustle and make money, yeah. um, regardless of how you do it. Um, and it's because you have to provide. So I, I grew up with that background where, you know, if I wanted shoes, I had to buy them myself. If I wanted clothes, I had to buy them myself. I had to earn everything I have, uh, which is a blessing, it really is. And anybody going through that right now, and they just like, why Why didn't I get the the, the the best hand. Why didn't I get like two two aces? You know, why did I have to get the two and the four? I promise you, you can use that hand and you, and you can still win. You know, you just have to play your cards right. Now, um, pause there for two seconds not to interrupt you. At 11, 12, 13 years old, I, I'm sure you didn't see that as a blessing. Talk no, about that mindset not. at 11, 12, 13. Hey, I've got a two and a four. What does that feel like? What does that look like? Because I didn't come from that background. Yeah. So I, I don't know that feeling. What is that like? 
Well, I, I'm from Illinois as well, like you. Um, so it's, it, it, it's you're in Chicago, Suburbs, uh, which is a completely yeah. you know that's that's a it's a huge city. You know, there's a lot of opportunity there. Yeah. Um, but in in this small town, you know, St. Louis was maybe three hours away. You know, Chicago is maybe five hours away. We're kind of in the middle of nowhere. So I'm like, I don't want to be a factory worker like my father. You know, my mother does hair. Like, how how can I make something of myself? And I'm, I'm 11 years old at this time. And I even told my mom back then, like, mom, I'm going to be a millionaire. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to retire you by the time you're 45. She's 42 right now. I still plan on doing that. Um, and, and just mainly uh, be a man and take care of the people around me. Um, and it got the gears turning. Um, when I was 12, I was... 200, or it was roughly about 190, 198, and when I was 13, I was 210 pounds. Um, I was extremely overweight. I was extremely insecure. Um, you know, getting getting bullied at the time, fifth, fifth, sixth, you know, grade, seventh grade, even getting in a lot of trouble because of it. Maybe two friends, and then um, one day I was in the office at school, and uh, the dean brought me in and said, "Why are you in here, man?" Uh, Rick Osley, who changed my life. Why are you in here, man? I'm like, uh, I just don't get along with my homeroom teacher. You know, it's I get along with all my teachers, but this this woman, she she really gives me a hard time, and I, I can't keep my mouth shut. And long story long, he was like, "What do you do, man?" And I'm like, "I just take care of my sister. I don't really do much." And he's like, "Well, tomorrow you're going to wrestling, and you're going to start wrestling." And to, to be honest, guys, like, I tried out for the baseball team that year. I got cut. I tried out for the football team. You couldn't even get cut, and they still told me that it's probably not going to be a good fit. Um, I was just, uh, basketball got cut, you know, so all three sports that I grew up doing, uh, I, I didn't get, I didn't get, and I was extremely depressed. And I was extremely down about myself. And I was like, well, what am I meant for then? You know, I'm a huge, uh, at least a big kid and I can't even use it. Well, I found wrestling and I fell in love. So, um, I did, I did very well in wrestling. My first year I wrestled heavyweight. I ended up being about 195 and I was wrestling 275. And after my, my first two tournaments, I got third, then I got fifth. And then I got first, 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 first until states where I, I choked <laughs> my first time being at state, uh, losing to a guy that got fifth and ended up beating a few people that placed that year. But I fell in love. And uh, after that season, I got into fitness. I, got in, I, w I started working out at the gym. Um, and because of that, uh, I, I didn't know what I was doing. I just tried, you know, every day after school, I'd walk over to the gym and uh, work out for two hours. You know, all that anger as a kid growing up, you know, being that single parent household, eating once a day, like, it, it, and it was always McDonald's or something quick because you, you, you know, there's no time, you know, your mom's juggling everything, going to school, taking care of two kids, working, you know, so it was, it was always a headache, but, um, I, I wanted to build my body. I, I wanted to be better, you know, whatever way I could, I just wanted to be better and who cares about the friends, who cares about all that stuff. So, um, I found, a, I, I met a guy named Jason Beal. He was a national champion in powerlifting. He took me under his wing and trained me for free. Um, he helped me break uh, eight national records and four world records for my age and my weight about 14, 15 months after that. So I, I fell in love with powerlifting as well as wrestling. Um, I wrestled nationally. I wrestled Iowa, Florida, Wisconsin, and the Dells. Um, you know, just all these different uh, huge tournaments to get all that experience. And I ended up getting injured a lot. Um, <laughs> because of those injuries, 15 and 16 years old, I started, a I started my first business at 15. Uh, doing online fitness consulting. Um, my first few athletes were... Were, were you certified in no, anything? No. 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 All just self-taught. All just learned from a national competitor and somebody who knew, uh, who taught me everything. I practically just did exactly what he taught, he showed me. Okay. And uh, I, my first two athletes were D1 athletes and uh, I, I got to work with 18-year-old kids that were going 
full ride for middle linebacker for football, South Dakota State, and uh, another girl who was going for track and field in Illinois, um, for uh, Illinois State. And so um, doing that, I made shirts. Uh, I started selling shirts. And I was like, well, I'm buying shirts for six bucks. I'm selling it for 20. Family, friends, people were buying them. And uh, I was like, man, this is, I sold like 100 shirts and, and, and I don't even remember, maybe 45 days. And I'm like, this is a lot of money. And, and so I'm like, why don't I start an apparel company? So I started a Fusion Fitwear, uh, a little apparel brand that I started at high school. And as I'm now becoming more well-known throughout the school and stuff, now I have friends from all different areas of the school. I was friends with everybody, man. I never, I never discriminated against whether they were, um, you know, whether they had friends or not. Who I never cared about that. I literally tried to talk to everybody because you never know who needed it that day. And I, I was in. I used to be that guy. You know, so I've always treated everybody from the janitor to the CEO, and I still do the exact same way. Um, and so, um, I, I'm sorry, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> what did you ask me? Um, Background. Where did you come from? Yes, you yes, yes, yes. So, um, with the, the, the I'm sorry, <laughs> the, the uh, apparel company, the apparel company that was amazing, man. 120 days of just selling a bunch of apparel. I made the website. I made a bunch of uh, different uh, looks and I made the logo myself. I did everything myself and it was fantastic. Built my confidence like crazy. But then I got out of it. I realized it wasn't for me and I got right into supplementation. Um, I contacted PJ Braun at Blackstone Labs uh, one day on his uh, Periscope Q and A. I was eight, I was 17 at the time. Um, and I wanted to start a supplement company down in Florida. I knew I wanted to move to Florida. I knew, just like Justin, that I wasn't going to be able to, you know, you can't even go pro in wrestling anyway. <laughs> you, you would just either go for the Olympics or go into MMA, and neither were really the right fit for me. So I knew I was going to Florida, and I was trying to start a supplement company. And, and PJ was like, let me take you under my wing. Here, I'll set you up with the right manufacturer down there. I'll set you up with my label designer. Um, so he's the reason, really, that I started my supplement company. And I, as I sold out of product, I realized... That industry was saturated. That industry was kind of just, um, if you don't have a crap load of capital, <laughs> then you, you can't do much in it, right? Um, so I got out of that. And uh, just like Justin, I started um, training at Crunch uh, five years ago, uh, 19 years old. And um, that was actually right after being homeless. I lived in my car for a little bit. Um, I was uh, I didn't want to tell many people. I didn't want to really want to tell my family. So I just kind of dealt with it um, and I finally because uh, thanks to my father at the time he helped me uh, sign off on an apartment and I of course I had to pay for everything but he helped me get that and I was so stoked and um, I went to a few job interviews because I just left my job it wasn't making enough and I was on my knees begging to God one day about this job and I remember I was on the third stage of the interview and I went home that night and I, I was on my knees on the porch begging to God this this would change my life please let me have this opportunity and I talked to the woman the next day and she said, I'm sorry, we're gonna have to go with somebody else. I was devastated for like five seconds. And immediately I hopped up, I went right to the gym and I started walking on the Stairmaster. Um, and as I did that, um, turn that off. Um, I saw, this was a, I think a Saturday or Sunday, but it was late. And I saw on the TV, it said, we're hiring. And it said front desk, it said janitor, it said, it said everything, right? And I'm like, well, I could, I could clean, you know? So I'm like, let me go ahead and see if they have any availability for like a, like a cleaner or something like that. So I go up to the front and they're like, well, go talk to that big bald guy who happens to be uh, Derek Druce, uh, the VP of uh, Crunch Fitness now, um, who absolutely saved my life and, and changed me for the better. And uh, he hired me on the spot, paid for my certification. And um, we ended up uh, going from a club in the worst demographic in the company with only eight clubs to breaking a world record as the um, 
a club that was top four ever in personal training um, and number one for crunch, doing about 202,000 at the time. This is in 2017, um, or I'm sorry, 2018 in August, um, doing 202, 204,000 in, in revenue um, just in personal training. Um, and I was first that, that, uh, that month, um, as well as the national record that we broke four months prior to that being the youngest on the team. Um, so I really proved myself and I really fell in love with that. Um, and from there, I, I ran off with the uh, the crunch thing for a while. Then I went to Vegas, got into insurance. I actually worked for Cigna, just like Dan, um, doing uh, life and health insurance. Um, wasn't really a fit for me, so I moved back to Tampa. Um, I was here for a while, working from home. COVID happened, you know. Um, and, and in a nutshell, I went back to coaching and um, started this meal prep company. And um, it's it was absolutely the best decision I ever made. And Really what lit the fire under my butt was my father passing away. Um, tragic car accident. He was uh, taking a kid home from work. He wasn't even supposed to be scheduled that day and he worked anyway. He got employee of the month that month. Of course he got it before he passed away. But uh, it was very uh, sad to see all of his employees come in and give me that plaque that he never actually got to receive from the month prior. Um, and I still have that now in my, in my closet. But uh, I do everything for, for my family. That's my main motivation. Um, and uh, without that, without without them, I wouldn't be where I'm at, you know? So uh, that's kind of all of it uh, summarized, you know, not going too deep, but uh, giving most of it, you know, I didn't really get into a lot of the stuff, you know, gambling at 12 years old, doing poker tournaments at my grandma's uh, poker tournaments, you know, <laughs> she taught me how to play Texas Hold'em at 12. And um, by 13, she would have these like, you know, 15, 20 people poker tournaments, you know, a few tables there. And she would let me buy in 10 bucks and I would leave with 80. And people were like, it's just a little kid. Don't take him serious. And, and then they start taking me very seriously. <laughs> you know, they were smoking, drinking, listening to classic rock. They're all older guys, older people. And I had my headphones on and I was tunnel vision and I was focusing on the game. I was focused on winning, making money. I put a little money in my mom's purse when I got home and then I would keep half of it. And uh, man, when my mom found out I was gambling, she lit me up. She was like, you will never do this again. You're grounded for life. Like, You're grounded for life. <laughs> and... Um, yeah, my aunt ratted me out because I kept doing it anyway. <laughs> and my aunt's now passed away. Um, she had um, she had committed suicide. Uh, that was my closest aunt, actually. Um, it was my dad's little sister and only sister, and she had passed away at 27 um, due to suicide. And that really changed my life, man. That really, um, you know, it was a very dark time for me. Um, we got through it, of course, but we had multiple deaths that were related to drugs or suicide or, um, you know, just simply um, tragic accidents. Uh, friends of mine as well and I just uh, I had I realized really quickly and really young before 21 that life's very short and I don't have much time and with the time I have I need to fill it in with uh, just being productive and enjoy myself of course you know if you look at my Instagram I do go out I do enjoy myself but I'm very very tunnel vision and I'm very focused and I really pull myself away from having fun because I just I don't feel like I have much time it's <laughs> knock on wood, you know, <laughs> but, uh, you know, when so many people die to you, uh, die, um, in your life that, and, and you're so young, you just, you look at life completely differently. And that's kind of where all of this came from, if that makes sense. Absolutely. And so one of my questions becomes, where did AM fit come from? First of all, the name, I candidly, I don't know what the AM stands for. Favorite, With favorite time of the day when I get my meals right in the eight. Bright and early in the AM. Interesting. You know, we'll okay. see you in the AM. You know, it's just it's it's a it's a simple concept. It's it's mainly um, <laughs> it came from. So my assistant in insurance, um, she she worked on the Vegas Strip for about ten years. She was a bikini competitor, and she moved to Tampa, wanting to move here already. Um, and she moved to Tampa around the time I did. 
Um, and she was uh, helping me work from home, doing insurance and stuff, and taking a lot of my like leads and throwing them into uh, you know scheduled appointments. And I would I would close them and we would split commission. Um, and she is a chef as well. So fast forward two years, this is just a few months ago. She started making my meals and I fell in love with it. A few of my clients wanted meals from a meal prep company, and I just I've tried five or six of them. I won't name them, but they just they're overpriced and they taste very bland. So I'm like I, I go through this you know, this girl here. And they were like, can I do it too? And it turned into like a, everybody fell in love with the meals. And I'm like, light bulb, you know, why don't I make this a business? And she never wanted to do it as a business. She I actually told her two years ago she should do it. And she, she was like, it's not really my passion. And I'm like, well, I could scale this. You know, I, I know a lot of people, I have a lot of clients and I, I want to feed them and I want to give them the best deal. And so that's why we're named Tampa's favorite meal prep company because we take pride in giving more food per serving and um, uh, at a lower cost, especially now, which mm. groceries are still so expensive, but oh, we're sure. still averaging at, at 10 a meal. And if you know anybody goes to Crunch, we have a lifetime discount so that you can get 15% off. So you're looking at 850 a meal and that's just, uh, you, you don't find that, you know, so. Okay. How so, has that affected you with inflation being at an all time high and prices being up and you not wanting to necessarily pass it on to the consumer destroyed profit margins yeah i mean absolutely yeah. destroyed profit margins but like i always said uh, to everybody when i started this i want to give back i want to give you more food for a lower cost um so regardless we're not going to raise our prices uh, we're just going to raise maybe delivery fee because of gas um but other than that still want to keep my prices low and uh, just eat the 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 inflation right now you know yeah. wait for everything to go back down and we'll right. keep our prices the same and that'll increase profit margins right. over time and you'll retain your customers that way too. absolutely and even yeah. get more probably by doing absolutely that. Yeah. yeah we that's that's our goal like i'm not greedy i'm not you know i'm not doing this for money and that's that's also a thing um in entrepreneurship you know with the the few businesses i had i started them i got them going and they and they really they gained traction and then i and then i stopped and it's not like i quit it's just I realized immediately it wasn't my passion. And that was the thing. I was like dipping my toes into industries. I was like, that's not my passion. This isn't my passion either. I'm just going to wait. You know, God's going to take me in the right direction. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trust and wait. Thank God I did. Because that, this, this, in the words of my mother, this was your best idea yet. Um, and it's mainly just because of where I'm at, you know, crunch channel side, you know, training clients and around 2,000, 2,500 check-ins a day of people that either do meal prep or prep their own meals or just eat out. And regardless, you're spending way over what we charge. So it's like, why don't I just give back to people? And that will in turn give back to me and my family over time. So, so one of, I remember months ago, you and I touched in. Yep. And I remember you looking at me with like, vindiction in your eyes. And I could tell that you looked me in the eye and you said, this is the one. Yeah. You know, I, I started on whatever number you gave me, you know, you were two or three businesses. Mm -hmm. This is the one, this is the one that's going to last. This is the one that'll be here when I'm gone. Yeah. And do you still stand by that? How did you know? And do you still believe that with your whole heart? Yeah, absolutely. And I don't think, um, yeah, even if say, for example, like we were bought out or something that like, that's, even if it's not AM Fit Meals after say 15 years, 10 years, however long, um, because I've already talked to people that, that buy out meal prep companies and I'm not trying to sell anything. I'm, I'm, this is, I'm in it for the long run. Um, but I just, the goal wasn't to really get into it to sell it. The goal wasn't even to get into it to do it for the rest of my life. Uh, the goal was just to get experience, if that makes sense. Like mm -hmm. I, I wanted to gain more experience as an entrepreneur 
with this and I knew this was gonna last. I knew it was the best idea by far that we've had and um, I, I just wanted to run with this as long as I could even if I were to get out of the industry for whatever reason. I, it's not anytime soon, it's not even the next five years. But if I were to, it would only be because there's the next big thing. You know, I do wanna go into education. I do wanna you know, build schools with, with my, me and my father's name on it. I'm the second, I'm Matt Ballard the second. So I've always wanted to do like the, um, for example, like I wanted to do the Ballard School of Education for bright young adults, um, building schools in third world countries and stuff like that. Um, going to Costa Rica at 15 changed my life, playing soccer with um, some Costa Rican kids that a lot, of, some of them didn't even have shoes, and you know the schools there. There's no AC. Clearly, a lot of people have been, you know, in these places, and they understand how how poor it is. And I thought I had it bad. Nope. <laughs> we are very blessed here, regardless. Even if you are homeless in this country, so um, there's because of what I've seen with with Costa Rica and, and those children that changed my perspective on me and what I wanted to do long term. Of course, I want to be an entrepreneur. Of course, I want to be successful. But um, there's, there's, you know, before I die, there's got to be a thousand schools with Ballard on it. And uh, that's not for an ego reason. That's simply just to honor my dad and, um, you know, fulfill a childhood dream. So that's what we're going for. Quick change of pace. You, because uh, I was kind of not really in from day one and kind of had an idea, but from, I'd say, day two. Yeah. And, and you and I spoke and I was like, dude, the last time I spoke to you, the, nothing, I knew nothing of this. Mm -hmm. And then out of nowhere, you had a fully scaled, fully functioning, fully running meal prep company. Right. You hit the ground. I wouldn't even say you hit the ground running. You splatted on the ground and kind of scraped yourself up and threw it. Yeah. And we're like, go. You didn't have a choice. Yeah. Talk about that. Because people come in. Dan's been planning this nonprofit for a year. For years, year, years. Been talking about it. Yeah. And finally, Dan's going. But it's been start the engine. Okay, I'm going to sit here and rev the engine for about right. 30 days. Yeah. And then... Lose motivation, get yep. motivation. There was none of, I mean, you talked, I don't remember the exact numbers off the top of my brain, top of my head, but you talked about from inception and conception of the idea to that first meal served was shorter than it took me to start my first training business. Mm -hmm. Talk about that process. Yeah, so I, I, I made the logo myself. Because I've done it before, um, I made the website myself. I actually, I've made three websites now in 90 days. And uh, that's because of just the customer experience, the ease of it all. Like the first two websites were garbage. You know, <laughs> I had to, I had to change it. And we're going through that right now. Completely new website, completely new system, CRM system, completely new kitchen. We had to switch kitchen. I mean, there's a lot of bumps oh, in the road. Right. You told me about that. Yeah, a lot of bumps in the road, right? But we we did. Uh, we had a lot of interest right in the beginning, and the the business just kind of took off. And uh, we were we were prepared, but. The circumstances with our kitchen, like for example, there was no more available coolers for, for us to rent. Therefore, you make 300 meals, where are you going to put them? Mm -hmm. And so she allowed us to use a cooler for the morning after, up to the morning after. And that wasn't even allowed at the time. But she said, go ahead and use it for now. There should be something available in the next 30 days. We were there 90 days and then nothing opened up. So it hindered our growth. Um, and we were just immediately trying to sustain instead of grow and scale, which was my job is to scale this thing. So. New, not only a new website, not only a new CRM system, not only getting everybody re-signed back up and starting from zero after having this very successful beginning, uh, I can say humbly, it was um, it was beautiful to watch, honestly. Um, but new kitchen, new new location, new everything, all in the last 30 days. So we're restarting completely after after that that great um, beginning. And all of this while working a nine to five. I mean, you're Absolutely. still at crunch. I would say more than a nine to five. It was, it was, you know how it is. It's eight to eight, it you crunches, know, yeah. seven to seven to nine sometimes. Tough. Fourteen hours, twelve hours a day, regardless. Six, seven days a week. Um, 
and I do enjoy trading too. So I trade five days a week, regardless. I don't, not not really in crypto anymore, as you saw, it tanked. But um, <laughs> I, I like to scalp in stocks and stuff, and I've I've tried to learn how to trade stock. Nobody in my family traded stocks. I mean, even still, my grandma's like, you still gambling with the stock market, you know? But I'm like, it's not gambling if you understand trading analysis and stuff like that. So I do take an interest in that. I do that to the side. Um, I, I have an online business as well, doing online coaching. And I do it in person, um, which I love doing. I absolutely love doing that. And then now Aim Fit Meals, which is um, taking up all my weekends, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Cause uh, we'll, we'll prep for the kitchen on Friday. We'll do a 12-hour shift in the kitchen on Saturday and then and on virtually two to three hours of sleep, sometimes less than that. Sometimes my chef and I don't even sleep. Um, we're working all the way until six in the morning um, because of just all the bumps in the road that we've had and hindered us with just places to store the food even. You know, simple as that. Like, um, So now I'm waking up at seven. <laughs> I went to bed at five. I'm waking up at seven and I'm delivering until 3 p.m. And that's that's been the last 12 weeks. So you deliver um, yourself too? Yeah, absolutely. Well, okay. I, do, I do it all. And uh, I hired my stepfather for uh, delivery part-time. I hired my mother for kitchen work part-time. I uh, hired a few friends of mine too. Um, and I just hired a new girl for uh, marketing. So she's going to help a lot with scaling this with me. Um, but uh, yeah. So you're what? You, the chef. The chef's sister works for you too, right? She's just kind of like an athlete. Okay. Um, but they're both athletes. They're both competitors. Yeah. They're both, you know, they have their own thing. She's got like, she does like online coaching, the sister. And, and the other one, she's she's amazing. She's, she, like I said, she worked on the Vegas Strip for a long time. You know, she got me in some crazy parties. <laughs> some, I mean, extravagant, you know, cops at the door, guest lists only, and celebrities inside, like amazing stuff. Wow. She got me uh, 50% off my table when I was 22 at one of the clubs, you know, like... So just like she's really, really made uh, my experience not only in Vegas a fun time, but here as well. So she's a really she's like my right hand woman. She's a great friend of mine, um, and she's gonna be very successful herself in her in her own realm too. She already has been, but um, yeah, she's you you have to have the right people in your circle. I, I listened to your um, your cousin, I believe, was it Gabby? Yeah, Gabby, yep, yep. I listened to that podcast as well, and um, she she was right. It's all about the people around you. You know, mm -hmm. loyal people, people that just regardless of how much they make or, or whatever, like you just need the right people around you because they will level up if you're leveling up, mm, you know? Definitely. So I do have a question and we talk about this with every guest. We talk about it ourselves a lot. Mission is very important to us. And what we see in successful people, not only the people that we've talked to, so Charles, Gabby, and Jalen have all experienced it, but even the people that we listen to, you know, Stephen Bartlett and some of the other podcasts we've talked about, mm. mission is a very common theme in successful people. Absolutely. What is your mission? But then what is the mission that you've put into AM Fit? And what's the mission behind AM Fit? So take those each separately. Let's talk about yours first. What is your mission as a person? You know, you talk about the Ballard education, the Ballard schools. Yeah. Touch on that. That's, that's one. That's one of many, many things. When I was 16, I, I had a vision of just um, even getting the virtual reality education. This is way before, way before all the stuff that's happening now. Um, I read at the time in 2016 that Google Oculus was and Facebook were creating teleportation devices by 2020, and they were right. They did. 2021 even, where you can put on the headset and you would be in that place live, you know, and you could you could teleport yourself almost to like a safari in Africa, like live, seeing the giraffes and seeing all the crazy zebras and the cheap, you know what I mean? And uh, I always thought like, well, in school, having ADD, ADHD, OCD, everything they told me I had, thank God my mom didn't put me on medication for it, <laughs> but... Uh, I, I always like, I wanted to help kids like myself and um, with ADD and stuff where if you're in the virtual realm where you're you're watching the Civil War happen before your eyes, it's much easier to learn about it then compared to looking at it on paper. 
looking at a picture of it on, on paper. Imagine putting yourself in it, you know, that you really learn that way, right? Um, so I, that kind of stuff is just going the education route, like you said. Um, but my mission is just, it used to be to be a self-made millionaire when I was naive and I, I was more egotistical as a younger kid. And as you get humbled, as you grow and you realize that it's not about money at all, you, you change that to what Ed Milet says is to serve. My favorite, one of my favorite entrepreneurs is, a, is simply to serve. Um, how can you serve? There's many there's <laughs> through my life there's going to be many ways that I'm going to serve. Um, and I, I just plan on, on giving back as much as I can regardless, whether it's feeding people and doing you know, um, you know, food bank type of things or you know, partnering like we did with Operation Lightshine, fighting against human sex trafficking because it's so big in the, in the Tampa area and wanting to fight against that, having a little sister and having you know, a single mother, like being raised around women, um, you know, just, just trying to do things that it's not about me. It's not about fulfilling. It, it does fulfill me. It makes me feel good about myself, but it's not about posting about it. It's not about the ego. It's simply about giving back and, and being able to leave this planet and say, I did what I needed to do and actually be able to meet God one day. And that's as simple as it gets. That's, that's to the point. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, uh, your, your other question though, right before that was, um, how did it start? And I wanted to give props to a good friend of mine, Colton Daly, who's a life coach and a great, great friend of mine. Who I actually, I actually met Colton on a run. Uh, I was running on the Riverwalk, and I have a, for those of you that know me, I have Proverbs 17, 17 tattooed down my tricep. Yep. And he stopped me and goes, what's the tattoo? And the odds that he even remembers that are slim to none. He will. He'll definitely remember that. But having someone stop me while he's running and I'm running, and him just asking what a Bible, like, to me, spoke so much about him, his faith, and just him as a person, was mind-boggling to me. Yeah. So uh, you said the name. Continue. I just wanted no, to that's, a little. I'm glad you aside. brought that up because he's the only guy. I know he's 27, maybe turning 28 this year. Um, he I met him two years ago. It was it was crazy, man. He's got an insane story. Um, we we connected because his father and his brother passed away in a six month time frame. My my father at the time just passed away, um, and we connected right away. Like it, it was it was it was a crazy thing, man. It was like we we became brothers right away. Like I picked up his guitar, I started playing Freebird. He picked up his violin and started strumming. Like we didn't even plan it. First day we ever met, we just started playing Freebird. Just jamming. So that's like that's 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 one of those people that like you need to keep around, you know. And he took me one time. He said, Matt, you, you seem like you need to talk. I want to I want to I want to I want to speak with you. You know, I want to give you like a free coaching assessment. And I'm like, okay, you know, I'd never done this before. I I didn't even know what to expect. And it's kind of didn't really know if I'd get anything out of it, but I'm like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this, you know. And I, and I went, and we talked for three hours. No food, not, not a drink, not didn't check our phone once. Like we talked for three hours straight, and he really got me to open up and, and talk about, you know, what I want. And um, 24 hours after that is when I came up with Amphit Meals. I built, I, I started the, the, not just came up with the name, but the logo that filed the LLC and, and went with like, how do I license it through the state, the DPPR, like. Um, I got everything done in, in, well, that week, but most of it done in 24 hours because of him. So I, I give him a lot of credit because he is he is a um, just a wonderful guy that just knows how to fire you up. So I, I have to give him credit a little bit. But um, going back to your other question, um, with like getting it started, um, or I'm sorry, the, the most recent question, I apologize. The mission behind AM Fitz. So you talked about yes. your mission, making, helping people. Absolutely. Giving. What is the mission with AM Fitz? If someone to ask you, when it's all said and done, AMFIT accomplished, 
X. What is it? Well, not just feeding everybody in the Tampa area and in the surrounding areas, but um, we want to get to the point where we're, we're nationwide, of course. We want to do nationwide shipping and get to the point where we're taking over Florida first and then nationwide. Um, but for the mission, I would say is just to, just like myself, give back to the community that we're in, that, that has taken care of us and that, that's, that's treated us so so well. Um, and, and doing food banks and you know partnering with the, the Operation Light Shine with uh, Tim Tebow, um, Dan McDonough, um, uh, Matt uh, Murphy and all these guys that are just amazing guys that want to want to do something that's selfless. It's you know when you to deal with this to 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 see women or or children that have gone through that. And I won't dig into that too much, but I, I've heard so many stories that have just whew, they're they're rough. They're rough to think about. They're rough to talk about. So um, I want to help with that, and I in my business as well. We will, as a team, we're going to volunteer. As a team, we're going to donate um, any way we can, if that answers your question. Okay, absolutely, yeah. yeah. So it's not just feeding people. There, there's much more. There's much more we want to worry about, right? And we want to focus on sex trafficking and feeding the homeless as well as feeding people that can afford it too. So that's our goal. Oh, interesting. Okay. So were there any barriers to entry when you first started A and M? Like, yeah. Okay. So. So, I mean, so many. <laughs> um, they, the, I think for a lot of people that want to start a business, the initial investment, you know, okay. it's like, well, I don't really want to make that leap, as Steve Harvey would say, you know, taking the jump and hitting the rocks and, you know, hitting the cliff a few times before the parachute actually comes out, which I promise you, regardless of who you are, where you come from, the parachute will come out if you make that leap. Um, but just making the leap, you know, that itself is hard, you know, putting all that money into it and not even knowing if you're gonna get a return on it. You know, I put about nine grand into it to get it going. Um, and it's not like I just had that sitting around. That's a lot of hard work, there's a lot of savings. That took a long time to get there. Um, and I really just took that risk. And that for me was my biggest is, is taking that jump, I would say. Other than that, not many, other than just the little things that come with growing your business, you know, um, but, maybe website issues, CRM issues, things like that. But once you take the leap, regardless of the industry that you want to get in, guys, um, you're going to immediately get smacked in the face. It's just part <laughs> of it. But um, it's, it's worth it if you if at the end you have your hand raised and, and you get to the point where your business is self-sufficient. So. And, and I don't even, that's not business specific. I mean, that's not entrepreneur specific. Mm -hmm. That's changing high schools. Yeah. That's starting a new job. That's yeah. having your first kid or a pet. Yep. That's just life. Yeah, exactly. You're going to get nothing is picture perfect. Yeah. yeah. Just like working out, man. You don't go to the gym for a month and see a big change. You might not see anything. You might gain weight. You might be like, why am I gaining weight? You know, But you, you realize over the course of 12 months, 18 months, 24 months, if you're in a position like myself, 12 years straight of, of training, um, that uh, you, you consistently change. And if you compare your picture now to when you started, you're like, wow, I never saw that because I see myself in the mirror every day. But it's just the compound interest of your daily actions. And I think as an entrepreneur, that is the most important thing. Uh, Rob Deerdeck being my favorite uh, podcaster and uh, Build With Rob is my favorite podcast. My, my dad was a huge Rob Deerdeck fan, DC fan, you know, Fantasy Factory, Robin Big. So of course I was too. Um, but he, he, he goes into that as well. Um, and uh, I, I take a lot from him. If you guys haven't listened to Build With Rob, listen to Build With Rob. I've listened to every single episode and I went back and listened to multiple, multiple episodes. Uh, because it's so he's so knowledgeable, you know, and, and that is my ultimate goal 
is to be like Rob, it, just to be a venture capitalist and to say own portions of 100 companies, not in the stock market, but to actually come up with the concept and the branding and the, the creativity of it all, but not actually do the operations of it all because he can't, you know, he's got a family. He, and he also talks about balancing that, the family with the businesses and the, also doing 260 episodes a year and all that stuff. So if you haven't listened to it, listen to that podcast. Um, yeah, I, I highly recommend that. Um, I was going to go into something else, but I'm sorry. I, I went off track with the Build With Rob thing. We do it all the time. We do it all the time. If it, if it pops back in your brain, obviously stop us from talking and bring it back up. One thing that I want to touch on, I was actually texting you about this today. I put a couple graphics together and put on socials and stuff. Yeah. One of them, when I asked you for pictures, I said, hey, I need a picture. You to put these graphics together, put them out on the socials. You sent me a picture of you looking like Pablo Escobar. <laughs> and we laughed and we chuckled. And I mean, we're recording this on Thursday. I'll probably put it on Instagram tomorrow. But for those of you that will eventually see it, it's a graphic comparing you sitting there smoking a cigar at 19 years old mm-hmm. to you in a suit in front of, I don't even know what time you're in front of it, 24, a successful entrepreneur. Insurance at the time, doing my own business with insurance. And then um, that was after supplements, I was after apparel, I was after all that stuff, but yeah. Talk to me about that change. You brought up a very specific point, and I'm sure that you remember it because I literally told you I want you to touch on it. Yeah. Bring that up. What was that change, that mindset like to go from a, you told me when you when that picture at 19 was taken, you were, you know, you were laughing because it's a cool picture. It is. I'll give you that. But you said your checking account was negative. Yeah. And it was a Thursday night. And you were waiting for a check to hit because you literally had negligible amounts of money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was with a good friend of mine. He, w- he was um, <laughs> he was actually doing a, a calendar. He was making himself a calendar, and he was he brought a few buddies to do it. And uh, I wore my best dress. Uh, my pants were a little high on the ankle. Um, the shoes were about a, a size too small. Um, the, the shirt was a little too baggy, but we tucked it in and, and the picture is just me hitting a stogie and, um, you know, looking at the camera and it's, it looks like a really cool picture, but I was dead broke. Um, and, uh, you know, I was just homeless maybe six months prior to that, you know, so I just gotten in that apartment. I, I think I wasn't even with crunch yet. Um, but you know, it was mainly just that outfit, wearing that outfit and trying to be the person I wanted to be in that photo. It seems like I have it together and I absolutely did not have anything together. Everything was out of whack. Um, my aunt just killed herself. I was in the darkest time of my life. So it, that photo is very cool because it looks like I'm doing well, but it was the darkest time of my life. I, I was, uh, just trying to portray who I wanted to become. And I think that's the most important part about being an entrepreneur. Uh, one of the most important parts about being an entrepreneur is just like trying to Knowing where you want to go, knowing where you're currently at, you could be in the gutter and say, I want to be worth a billion dollars by doing this, this, and this, and being a part of these industries or whatever. But I have to kind of work backwards, right? How do I get there? And it's the first thing is the dress, how you dress, how you present yourself. You know, you never know. I've always said this even since high school. I don't know if I can meet my, I can meet my wife today. You know, I could, I could meet Jesus himself. I can meet, you know, I can meet Tom Cruise today. I can meet the CEO of fill in the blank company today. So I have to dress to impress regardless. I don't even care if the pants are too small. I don't care if the shoes are too small, but portray yourself as, you know, how um, you want people to see you. And that, that is why that picture is so important to me. It's, it's, it was completely opposite of what you would think. <laughs> I did not have it together. And that was, um, yeah, I use that picture a lot actually. And I don't, I've never actually told people about that. I've never actually publicly talked about how I was dead broke at the time. Yeah. 
So one of, one of the things that's funny, we actually talked about this last episode. If you go back, we have three straight episodes that are about change. Yep, I saw that. Uh, yep. and, it, and it's comical to look at, but then Dan made a really good point. Mm-hmm. Now, he said, hey, yes, yeah, three episodes about change. We're not getting repetitive, though. There are three very different types of change. Absolutely. Variations. Where did... Your life has changed drastically Absolutely. from being yeah. a small-town kid to being homeless yeah. to being a successful entrepreneur with six or so employees, whatever it is. Yeah. Your life has changed more than anyone I really know. Yeah. Where does that change play into your mental health? Because mental health is something Dan and I talk about a lot. It's something that's very prevalent in both of our lives, very evidently prevalent in yours as well. Absolutely. Where has that change played into your mental health? How do you combat that change in your mental health? Touch on that. Well, I, I definitely appreciate you saying that, but I would I would say I'm far from successful. I, I you know I, I got myself uh, in, in the, the 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 building that I've. It's my favorite building in Tampa, and, and I'm very proud of that. You know, taking my mother on a tour, she cried. You know, and she's not even a sensitive person, and she cried because she was so proud. Um, and, and I told her, I, I'm trying to set the standard for our family. I'm breaking these generational curses, and I just want to show you what I'm capable of. Um, and, and, and so, like, I would say, even now, you know, not that I battled with depression myself, thank God, but I had so many people in my family, from my sister to my mother to my aunt to my father to... My grandma, who's lost three children, you know, in a three-year span, and, and, and to various reasons, and um, she's only sixty, you know, sixty-one, and um, you know, just dealing with all of that. Like, I can't even be depressed, but I definitely think I'm far from being happy. And it, it goes back to the fulfillment thing. It's like, have I built a school yet? Have I helped the homeless? I, I, I buy this homeless lady Mary buy her, you know, muffins once a week or whatever. But that's not. That's one person. We need to help hundreds if not thousands of people and so I have a lot of work to do so that's why it's like you can't sit you can't get to like this this milestone and sit and it's like it's like um what's his name Eric Thomas he's like you're 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 under the big lights and you're gonna give up you're you're gonna quit now you're gonna lay back and chill now you're done now you just got here and that's kind of how I feel now it's like okay I've gotten myself to this point but it's like I haven't even got started really uh, I have a lot of work to do, and so I still have that stress on my shoulders. I still battle with that anxiety. You know, I still battle with a little bit of depression. So, you know, it's it's definitely prevalent in all of our lives. And if it's not, then then I'm very happy for you. Um, but for the ones that are dealing with that, um, just know that you're not alone. Just know that you need to talk about it, and just know that there are ways to get around it through exercise, through meditation, through, you know. Um, giving back giving back is so underrated you know going and volunteering is like people are like oh yeah that, that's not gonna help me i promise you when you see the smiles on people's faces that don't have anything you're gonna think about it a lot different when you go home and you're sitting in your room with an air-conditioned you know apartment and you have food in the fridge and maybe nothing in your bank account but guess what you have a lot more than most people so you know you need to just take that that inventory of what do i have what am i grateful for and you realize you have a lot more than you thought um, and that's what I do. I just kind of think, what do I have? What am I grateful for? Then I feel a lot better. <laughs> I feel way better after that. Um, you know, and um, yeah. Do you have any pressure with all of the things you're trying to accomplish now? And it also, like you just touched on, trying to break that generational curse or trauma. Mm. Is there any pressure you feel that comes with that? I was just talking to my mom about this two days ago. Maybe it was yesterday even. We were on the phone and, and I was talking about being um, not not like the captain of the ship, but I that's like the first thing that comes to mind, I guess, is like leading the way, you know, trying to lead your family out of this poverty, this, this mm-hmm. consistent generational curse, if you will. And it's like 
I was like, mom, even when I was 10, I was telling you I would take care of you guys. Even when I was 11, I was telling you I was going to be a multimillionaire, you know, successful person. And I didn't know how, guys, I'm a college dropout. I dropped out of 18, you know, I couldn't even put myself through college. Like I'm, I'm completely self-educated. So if I can do it. I like to say like uh, there's an entrepreneur that said she was a um, she had a master's degree in YouTube University and I swear that's me too like a, a more of a bachelor's degree I'd say but I'm trying to get to that PhD level of YouTube University and uh, if you guys aren't utilizing that you guys are crazy you oh, got to start looking up every little yeah. thing that you want to learn whether it's trading whether it's how do I start a business how do I get out of depression how do I work out how do I eat clean whatever it is look it up it's right there for you we live in the best time ever in the best country in the world. Take advantage of it. I don't care where you're at in your life. Take advantage of it. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, that's... Mm-hmm. Certainly, and I say that to everyone. I think ignorance to an extent is bliss. I think mm-hmm. that the yeah. wealth of knowledge that's out there has caused so much crap with mental health yes. and whatever you want to talk about. But Absolutely. at the same time, there's the other side of it. It's Grass is very, very green on that side. Mm-hmm. You know, so you're spot on. I'm actually happy you brought that up because that's not something that we've ever really talked about. Yeah. But I love that pressure. I love that pressure. I, I, like I was, I told my mom I was, I was born for this. Like I feel like I was born to help people. I feel like yeah. even if I'm unhappy the rest of my life, I'm going to be remembered for the things that I, I set out to do. Mm-hmm. And that's all I care about. It's not about feeling good. You know, it's not about the, you know, like you said, like kind of just being ignorant and, and thinking, well, you know, I want to just have this one way of life and keep my tunnel vision and not branch out, not take any risks, not fail, not learn, just do this one thing that my parents told me to do and just be this way for the rest of my life, grow old and, and die and, and retire at 65. Like, I don't want to do that. I never wanted to do that. And if you're, if you want to do that, I, by all means, please do that. Um, you weren't meant for this. I promise it's going to, it's going to beat you up. And I just, I'm, I'm dead serious. You know, if you go into business and you don't have the mentality of I'm a dog, I can take a fight and I, I'm, I'm going to grind and hustle and I'm going to work all hours of the day. I'm going to, I'm going to work from four, you know, 4 PM to 4 AM. And then I'm going to get up and I'm going to deliver, you know, 20 orders. And, and you know, like if you're not willing to do that, don't, don't start. But if you are, and you know that you have that little bit inside of you, that you are a little special and you always felt that way, do it, go for it. Jump, you know. I'm happy you say that because we haven't touched on that, uh, that go, 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 grind mentality. Mm. There's entrepreneurship has been glorified Absolutely. in social media and all this stuff. Uh, you know, it's something that one of my favorite entrepreneurs, one of my favorite podcasts was Stephen Bartlett. I talk about it every episode. Every episode. Yeah. <laughs> it's good too. Yeah. It's great. And so one of the things that he talks about is how glorified entrepreneurship has become, right. but how shitty it is on the back end of things yeah. that you don't see. So I'm not going to sit here and post Instagram stories and me cooking at 3 a.m. Yeah. so that you can deliver these meals by 7. No one's going to see that but you and your chef. Exactly. Yep. And so I'm actually really, really happy you touched on that. We haven't talked about that in a long time, so thank you for bringing that up. Absolutely. And same with trading. Same with anything, right? I'll post a trade where I made, and it's so crazy to even say this because just six months ago, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even imagine myself saying this, but like making like four grand in a day in trading, you know, no margins, no options, just simply trading, buying low and selling high, um, and, and almost doubling your, your profit, doubling your investment, like doing things like that. Like that is, that's why we do this. You know, that's, that's what motivates me. And, um, 
Yeah. Sidebar, as someone who works in finance, and Dan also works in finance, yeah. mm-hmm. don't day trade unless you know what you're doing. You can <laughs> yeah. research it like Matt has for years. <laughs> don't scalp. <laughs> so just chucking that one in the air in case anyone's listening. I don't want to get flagged for something. <laughs> <laughs> Disclaimer. Yeah, yeah there disclaimer. is no, in entrepreneurship, there is no get rich quick stuff. Yeah. There really isn't, it's man. And, and, and like I was saying, with the like, I'll post, hey, I made four grand today. I didn't, I didn't show you that I lost two grand the day before. Yeah. I didn't show you I lost 600 bucks the day prior to that, you know. I didn't show you the small win of 400 the day prior to that. So there are ups and downs in business. And if you're not willing to go through that and you want a steady paycheck, which a lot of my friends have told me, you know, I'm happy for you, but I couldn't do that. I, I couldn't take the unsteady, you know, sales. Like you said, you, you went into crunch and didn't even understand that you would get so much sales experience. It's almost all sales you know, in retention, but it's almost all sales. And um, you're selling yourself every day. Um, why you're valuable, why you're worth, you know, $90 an hour. Um, and, and so, um, yeah. So I end every podcast we have guests with with the same question that Dan actually did with Charles. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that is if you had an entrepreneur, 18 or even if they're 60, and they're about to start their first business, what is the one piece of advice you would give every entrepreneur that came to you for a piece of advice? I think about that. It might even be multiple things in one sentence, if that's all right. Fire away, dude. Know the market you're getting into know it you know I've, I've jumped into markets where i didn't know anything about it and i realized quickly that it wasn't the market i wanted to be in the, the industry i wanted to be in i should say know your industry you know um, self-educate even if it's free education that is it's underestimated how much you can learn in an hour or just a week if you really put four or five hours in of studying and listening to people that are successful in it um, but just study 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 understand what you're getting into um and and, and kind of as crazy as it sounds, know yourself, know what you're capable of, know your limits and, and try to figure out how can I do this? If it didn't make me any money, how can I do this for six months and balance a part-time job or a full-time job or going to school with it or whatever? Um, just have an overall understanding of not only your life and your scheduling and, and what you're capable of doing and don't burn yourself out. You know, that's why you do this, you know? Um, but, but just be willing to take that leap. Not only that, but take the hits as you fall and I promise you, whether you believe in it or not, God will help you, and uh, that par- that parachute will come out, and you will end up, um, you know. I have, I've actually went skydiving before, and I promise you, I was terrified. To give you a little story, um, I, as I'm up 16,000 feet in the air, he goes, you're jumping on three. One, two, and I sat down. <laughs> I was so scared, I sat down, so he pushed me out, and we do a front flip, and I don't hear anything for like two seconds and I can't breathe for five and I'm just, all of a sudden it's and then you're, you're in the sky above the clouds and um, you are terrified. But as soon as that parachute comes out, it's the most beautiful, overwhelming feeling um, and, and that's exactly what business is. As soon as that parachute comes out, you realize, man, this is, this is what all that sacrifice was for. This is what all those months of sacrifice was for. So there's, I love, love, love listening to Will Smith speak. Will Smith is one of the most articulate, well thought out actors I've ever listened to. Matthew McConaughey too, but Will Smith in particular for this experience. There is a comment that he makes about the human psyche. And it is because when you go skydiving, the most terrified moment is when you're the safest. Yeah. In the plane, yeah. at two, yeah. you're the most scared you've ever been. Yep. Yeah. It's the scariest part of the whole experience. Hundred percent. Is when you're safest. You're I in sat. a plane. I quit practically. I sat down. I almost gave up. You know, I mean, the, I'm already too deep. The <laughs> moment, of the, the most bliss yeah. is when you're in the most danger. You're just floating. Yeah. 
And so <laughs> the human psyche is a wild thing because you feel the most blissful at the most dangerous part of that whole experience. Mm-hmm. But you are in the most fear in the safest moment. Absolutely. So it's, like it's, it's an interesting phenomenon. And then even hearing you firsthand say the most beautiful part is when you're floating there. Yeah. But then when you really think about it critically, you're in the most danger floating there. Yeah. And I love Green Lights, by the way. I, I heard that you said that one of your favorite books, if not your favorite book, was Green Lights. And I, I'm a huge Matthew McConaughey fan. Um, I always say Matthews do it best. That's just, I, <laughs> I say that all the time, any Matthew I meet. But um, yeah, I love that book. If you guys haven't read it, definitely read it. I, I actually listen to books. I listen to Audible because I'm a terrible reader. Um, but uh, yeah. Dude wants to start schools and can't read, but <laughs> digress from that. <laughs> it's a huge reason why I didn't go through the school system and, and, and go and get a degree. And I went through the YouTube university route. It's because I'm, I'm an auditory learner, so I, I stuck with that. So yeah, just know yourself, know what you're capable of. Go out there, take the leap, you know, and just um, know, your, ride. know your why too. It's like, why are you doing this? That's why? a Simon Sinek thing, know yeah. your why. Know you your why. why. And, you're, and, and, and make sure that you're out there doing something for somebody else and not for yourself because I promise you, if you're going out there to make money, you're gonna fail, absolutely, 100% of the time. If you're going out there to make an impact or, or make real change, you will 100% succeed. So choose the right path. Yeah. So it seems like you are a very motivated person, but I'm sure there's mornings where, like you said before, you go to sleep at 5 a.m., have to be up at 7. You're laying in bed and your alarm goes off. You may hit snooze and you might hit snooze again. What's that one thing that gets you up and out of bed? Like I'm sure there's maybe one or two things that kind of get you up and out of bed. Seriously, or? adrenaline. Okay. <laughs> the adrenaline of, oh, okay. I got to go. You know? yeah. uh, and, and I think that adrenaline, like that, that alone just comes with like, when you start a business, as you all know, like it, it's it's you. You are the business at first. You know there is no business. It's it's nothing if you stop or you sleep in or if you you hit the snooze button one too many times and all of a sudden you sleep past your your alarm. You know it's there is no business now. So um, my motivation is simply just like having my back against the wall and having no choice. And uh, if you're in that spot and you feel like you don't have a choice, you're right. You know. <laughs> so just plan accordingly, like I said before, and uh, you know make that make that leap, guys. Dan, do you have any other major questions for, for Matt? Um, I'm sorry I talked about myself. I was going to talk about you guys. <laughs> no, I was like, I got caught up telling my story. Start your own podcast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you get tired of hearing us all week. No, um, man. I, I really want to. I'm going to listen to every single episode you guys have like I already have. And uh, I really, really love your podcast. I'm going to share it. Make sure everybody knows about it. We appreciate um, that. Absolutely. Yeah, we really Trust do. Me, make sure it's... McTank tops. I'll wear it. Yeah. <laughs> you got to get t-shirts or something. Seriously. So yeah. one thing I want... Did you have another question? Go I wanted ahead. to go back to when you said he first started his business, his first business at 15. Yeah. How was it convincing people to come on board as far as like your clientele at that point? Because you're 15 and probably looking at you as a kid. Well, at the time I was 230 pounds and okay. I just broke those those world records for drug-free powerlifting, by the way. So when you okay. look it up, it's ADFBF. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, you know, it's, I'm not a Guinness Book world record holder or anything like Rob Deerdeck, but... Uh, yeah, it was it was drug free stuff, and and you know it's that kind of stuff. I don't I bear, I don't even think about anymore. But that yeah. is what really sold everybody on it. Was just kind of like you know deadlifting five hundred pounds at fifteen raw and benching three fifteen and what? you know stuff like that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I would have signed on too. So like your work. Your, your work selling. Right. Your 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 okay. credibility, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. And then along the ride from fifteen to now, was there any like self doubt in between? 
<laughs> still, yes, you know, I, I have the same thing as everybody. I have that fraud feeling. You know, okay. look at my body language. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm yeah. slouching yeah. right now, you know, and the imposter system. And you're yeah, not yeah. an imposter. Right. You're, you're really not, guys. You're just not who you want to be yet. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean you're an imposter. You're just, you're in those growing pain moments. And you're, and you're, every day you might be thinking, is this the right fit for me? Should I keep doing this? Is this, you know, am I making the right decision? You are. You're making the right decision and, and keep keep going forward, guys. Matt, where where can our listeners find you? Have a huge social media yeah. following. Yeah. Where can our listeners find you? You and the company for that. Right? So, well, I guess social media would be Instagram and Facebook. I would say Instagram at uh, Matt Ballard with two D's and two T's. So M A T T B A L L A R D D is the Instagram, and then for the uh, website, um, I have a coaching online builtbyballard.com. Um, I also train one-on-one at uh, Crunch Channel Side, my favorite, my favorite Crunch Gym, uh, and also AM Fit Meals is just amfitmeals.com. So, okay, beautiful, Matt. As I'm sure you know, you listen to the you listen to the podcast now. We end every single episode with three thousand questions about me. Yeah. Pick a number, buddy. One to three thousand. Oh wow. One. Okay. Yeah. This is fun. Think about that. Let me think. It's not a contact sport. Let's go. <laughs> well, we're, we're on your 11th episode, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. 11-11. 11-11. Let's do 1,100. Let's do an angel number. Yeah. That's my thing, man. Yeah. Synchronicities with angels. What? Did you just, what? Huh? What'd you say? The so angel. that's my I, thing. Angel numbers? Yeah. Like, synchronicities? You ever yeah. see, like, the clock at a certain time? 12-28 every day. My birthday? Yeah. Every single day. Oh, okay. Every and, and it's not even the clock, dude. It's really? everything. Like, 12-28 all the time. You ever look it up to see, like, what it means? <laughs> uh, yeah, so I've been looking it up sometimes. So I see eleven, eleven a lot, two, two, two a lot, five, five, five a lot. Now I'm gonna have to while you yeah. look that up. If you were a criminal mastermind, what would your what would be your calling card? My calling card, like what what industry I'd be in? Uh, I think it means like <laughs> I think you're, symbol, wouldn't it? I mean, I w- if you like do a crime, like what's your like how the Joker leaves a Joker right. card? Okay. What is your calling card? Yeah. What is your symbol? Oh, wow. Well, t- t- I was a little delinquent growing up. <laughs> you know, I think we all went through our little stage, you know. I was, I was never that bad, but um, I, I was always like, I, <laughs> I'm not going to get into it, but let's just say it was always about making money. Um, and uh, it would have to be something like, Colin, that's a hard one. I don't even know. Yeah, that's. A- I would. I would. I, there's a way I do my initials. Maybe that. But it's like that just tells you you're you're, you're going to jail Gives right away. away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I really I don't have one on on the top of my head, but um, it, it, I guess to to branch off that, what I would do is probably rob banks, <laughs> going just straight for the money, you know. And, oh, and back do, in the day, doing something really easy, but yeah. I think nowadays. Yeah, they got you as soon as you walk in. No. <laughs> I no, think. but um, you you want to do a different one? You want to do one I can answer? <laughs> All right, that's fine. I have one Let's do uh, 1228. So sidebar, Dan and I are going to answer this. Okay. So first of all, mine would be a phoenix, and it's a really weird thing. But my college football coach, Steve Lockway, I know you don't listen to this, but if you do, say hello. His computer screen, he coached the quarterbacks. So we would go into his office for film for quarterbacks. His computer screen was a phoenix. Damn. And the story of the phoenix is that burn down and rise from the ashes when it was dead. Yep. And that was like Jesus himself. Yep. His thought process behind our football team because when he took over the team, it was crap. <laughs> and he took over and really turned that program around and it's every year contending for a division title in that That's in awesome. that conference. 
And so his background was always a Phoenix. And so that would be my calling card as a, as a criminal, Steve Lockway, I'm sorry, but that's <laughs> the reality of it. You, We're leaving a Phoenix after we robbed the bank. Yeah, yeah. Lockway, <laughs> you've inspired my criminal mastermind. Jeez. I think <laughs> that's for, awesome. Yeah, for me, I, I would probably just like leave money behind. Maybe like a twenty dollar bill, because I'll have like such a guilty conscience to where it's like, if I would, like say rob a house and like take something. I'd be like, here's a. Right, I stole that's why I said, grand, but here's a hundred bucks. That's why I said a, a bank because they're they're thieves in themselves. So right. like, I'm just gonna rob. Yeah, yeah. I'll do something like that. All something. right, this is a much better one. Twelve twenty eight. Okay. Yeah, I think that this one you'll enjoy. This. Do you share a bond with someone? Who? Do I share a bond? I share a bond with so many people. Yeah. I love people. That's like, you know, that's why I do what I do. That's why I'm in business. To connect with people, to network with people, to be a part of other people's lives somehow, some way. Mm-hmm. Uh, do I have a bond with someone and who? My mother is, I, I'm closer to my mother than anybody on the planet. You know, she's not even my mother at this point. She's my best friend. Um, if that even counts, um, and if it doesn't, <clears throat> I would say probably. If family doesn't count, you can count family if you want. I would say my mother then absolutely. Yeah, she's seen it. She's seen me through all the worst, and I've seen her through the ups and the downs of her life, and watching her grow up from eighteen years old. You know, I went to prom with her and my father, and I was in her belly. So you know, oh and my just God. watching her grow up. That's that's the closest bond that you can get, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, so definitely my mother. Yeah, she's the okay. main person in my life for sure. Dan, yeah. um, for me, I'm kind of like what Matt was saying is that. You know, I tend to bond or especially when I connect with someone, you know, so I have different types of bond. But I feel like the bond now that I hold close to me is like with my dog, to be honest. Um, She is like my best friend. Like I've seen her from like a puppy to like what she is now. And then like all the things she's kind of been through like over the last few years, you know, still kept her like a little wagon tail. And, you know, even like when I'm down, I feel like she can sense that and she'll come over like lick my face or whatever the case may be so it's like we're connected in a sense oh so i feel like that's you know my bond i want to branch off that if you, if you don't mind because you yeah, guys talk ahead. about the mental health stuff um if you will i don't know how much time we have but if you will can you dig into that and maybe maybe go into why you guys are such big advocates for it like what what was your lowest point and why are you such big advocates for it? because some people yeah. don't even care right yeah. some people don't yeah. even talk about it right um and i never had an instance thank god due to sex trafficking but i'm still so passionate about that like is it because you've gone through the, the the mental health struggles or is it because you just you've had family members go through it and you want to help like what made you get into that realm did you want to first yeah I'll, I'll, um, I'll start so for me it was um, a few things it was being at one of the, the darkest times in my life that was recently too yeah it was recently um, so for me is I always had a thing with overthinking um, to the point to where like at night I couldn't sleep and mm-hmm. I wasn't getting like good you know, quality sleep for like maybe years, to be honest with you, um, until like I had a friend and she was going through therapy and I kind of seen a change in her. Mm. So I was like, you know what, let me check out, you know, a, ther- a therapist and from, you know, meeting my therapist and um, doing therapy like a couple times a month, I kind of like developed this toolbox now that I have to where it's like if I do have, you know, my anxiety kicking in or even depression at times, I know like I can meditate Absolutely. or I can, you know, journal or do a lot of breath work now to kind of work through those situations. But, um, and even now, like a lot of the things I've kind of experienced through like my childhood and growing up kind of contributed to like the person I kind of became, you know, good and bad, you know, whether it be growing up with a single parent, um, both of my parents dealt with drug abuse too and physical abuse. So 
seeing that as a kid kind of like made me like this rock hard, you know, individual to where it's like, it was hard for me to like open up to people, especially like in relationships too. Um, so kind of like trying to work through that. I'm now still in that adult. boat. Yeah. <laughs> I still deal with that. Yeah, you know, so I've, like, I've been single for three years because of it. It's hard yeah. for me to even show emotion a lot of the time. You I, know? I told, I think on the mental health pod that we did, like last year was the first time I cried in front of someone. That's crazy. And like in my 33 years, I'm 34 now. That's crazy. Um, but it's like now, it's good too, though. yeah, yeah, yeah you need it, you need it. And like one of the, one of the people was my best friend, Pedro. So shout out to Pedro if he's listening. I know he is. Um, and so just through therapy and trying to like get through like these mental blocks and break like that generational trauma to where it's like if I do have kids later on down the road, I know how to kind of like raise them and they don't Absolutely. have to go through like the same things. Absolutely. I say it all the time, dude. I, I'm doing everything I'm doing, not just for my family that's alive, but right. the family that I don't have just yet, but yeah. I will. You know, right. I've always wanted to be a father more than I have, even an entrepreneur, or, you know, a successful quote unquote businessman. But um, I always wanted to be a dad. So everything I do is for those kids that I don't have yet. You know, right. Same exact, yeah. same exact. And that's why I asked if there was, was any pressure on you because at times I feel like there's pressure for me to kind of like heal in a sense. So that mm-hmm. way, I, you know, if I do have kids later on, um, they don't have to go through like the same things I kind of went through and kind of like putting them in a better financial position to where it's like they won't have to like get a job early and yeah. support me or support their mom if we tend to, if we do happen to break up or whatever the case may be. Um, so that's where like that pressure comment came from, but yeah, for me it's just like kind of just like working on myself, doing like some you know inner work as they say, mm-hmm. trying to better myself and um, so just understanding almost your your when you're going through it and then how you get yourself out of it. Right. You, ne- you now right. have experience getting yourself out of those dark those dark moments in your head. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Because before it was like I would just distract myself, whether it be like working or like going out or drinking, whatever the case may be. But it's like, you know, the problems are still there. So yeah, absolutely. It's like, now I'm finding healthier ways to kind of deal with those situations. When they do arise, you know, it's more beneficial to me as a person and like the direction I'm trying to go. So and if you don't meditate, I highly recommend it. I, I actually yeah. didn't do yoga. I didn't meditate until this year. And I only did it because I'm just so open to everything that comes mm-hmm. with getting better overall. But like right. when I did yoga for the first time, which I'm 230 pounds, I'm very stiff. So it was kind of hard to do the poses, but <laughs> I did them. <laughs> it made me feel so much better than when I started learning how to meditate. And right. thank you, Colton Daly, for helping me with breath work. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it just opens up this, this uh, I don't know if you guys think about like the third eye thing, but it just yeah, it makes yeah. you think completely differently and see everything differently when you're calm. Mm-hmm. And you, can, you, you understand that the things that are happening in your life um, won't be there in a year or six right. months or three months from now. You're going to take care of those things, hopefully, mm-hmm. and um, you won't be in this position. So just give yourself some time. Don't freak out. Learn how to get around those little moments in your head and just, you know, if you're inside, go outside. If you're outside, go oh, inside. If you're, if you're in the public, go, go home, whatever yeah. it is, you know, switch up your, your setting and, and um, you know, whether it's journaling or meditation, you know, get yourself out of that state of mind because this is temporary, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, and being out in nature is like for me. I'll go for walks. Like my neighbors can tell you, like they'll see me like five miles from here just walking because you know being out in nature and you know feeling the sun on your the back of your neck or you know that breeze of wind that comes past is definitely you know for like helps you as a person too. Um, but yeah, Justin, I don't know. So, and we actually did a whole episode on mental health. I don't know if you're not there yet. I don't or think I heard that one yet. <clears throat> Uh, but I am a huge advocate for men's, well, all mental health, point right. blank period, but I think men's mental health weighs much more heavily on me. 
Yes. Women's mental health is much more talked about in my opinion. Yeah. There's a lot of outlets for women, for sure. And men are taught, like Dan said, people don't see you cry. People don't. I've seen my dad cry in my life three times. In mm-hmm. 22 years, I've seen my father cry three times. Twice was when someone died, and then once was when my grandpa had a seizure in the hospital. He had a bad reaction to something. Um, which, sidebar, my choice for if I had a you know a connection with someone is my grandpa. I still see my grandpa died on my 20th birthday, the morning of. That's how I woke up. Like 5 a.m. get a call from my dad. That was really fun. Shout out Scott Colzo for that one. Really appreciate you, Dad. But anyways, sorry to hear that, bro. No, it, you know what? It's life. Yeah, and absolutely. I had a very special relationship with my grandpa, mm-hmm. and we all kind of laugh about it now in the sense that it was kind of like a one last ha gotcha, and then died on my birthday. And it was funny because like a couple months later, look at it that way. I, I see what you. Uh, yeah, it was like funny. a couple months later. Even my grandma laughed and goes, "We all knew you were his favorite. He just wouldn't admit it." That's funny. And hearing my grandma say it to me was the best thing in the world. And the craziest thing in the world is I still and I, we talk about faith on here all the time. You've talked about faith a lot. Absolutely. I still see signs of my grandpa. Yeah. When my grandma died a couple months ago, probably He's, give or take something sorry like that. Sorry to that, bro. Uh, oh, dude, she was my grandma was eighty six years old, smoked for forty years. Long I can't life. believe she made <laughs> yeah, that long. That's a long, healthy life. And yeah, she yeah. was with my grandpa for sixty years. That's insane. So yeah, the that's fact amazing. that they're back together now is amazing. And that the is. day that she died, shortly not the day, shortly after. One of my favorite country artists, Riley Green, came out with a live song called Hell of a Way to Go. That's awesome. And the live version is so much better than the acoustic than the recorded version. So Riley, I'm sorry. Don't really <laughs> care. The live version is so much better. And the first time I'm listening to it, first time I'm driving home and there's a thunderstorm. And part of the song is it's it's his grandpa talking about it's a hell of a way to go. And he talks mm-hmm. about sitting on a porch holding mama's hand, sipping whatever, sipping lemonade on the front porch. And there's just a thunderstorm. And to me, I just knew it was my grandpa mm-hmm. saying, don't worry, I got her. Yeah. And I bawled my damn eyes out in my truck. Mm-hmm. So 110%, my closest relationship is with my grandpa who's been dead for two years. Yeah. But crazy. talk about men's mental health. Mm-hmm. For those of you that know me, and I talk about this in the mental health podcast, I wear a 70 around my neck. It is one of my closest friends, Miles Small, got me my first job. He was two years older than me, three years older than me. So he was a year younger than my older brother. Miles was an older brother to me. Mm-hmm. You know, I was always the big kid growing up. I was three inches taller than everyone else. I was 20 pounds heavier than him. So when we played backyard football, my best friend was Miles' younger brother. Mm-hmm. So I go play backyard football. They're like, you got to guard Miles. And I was like, dude, he's, he, went, he went on to be the starting center at the high school, like big kid. You know, and I'm and I'm guarding you playing backyard football. Miles got me my first job at Pet Supplies Plus. Miles and I talked college football. Miles and I talked video games. Yeah. He was an older brother to me. Mm. I saw Miles a week before he went on to commit suicide. Mm. He coached at the high school. Uh, I think on the sophomore level. Don't quote me on that. And I ran into him. Hey, Miles, how's life treating you? You know, what are you, what's going on? Oh, you know, I'm doing really well. Can't complain, but I got to run. We got a team thing going on. I was like, okay, whatever. Catch you later. See you next week. Whatever. And a week later, I get a call. Hey, there was an accident. Miles is in a coma. Mm. I tell everyone I don't regret anything in life. I work really, really hard to believe in the decisions that I make and to say that this happened for a reason. You know, yeah, I hit about 14 rocks, but that parachute's opening. It's, it's coming. Yep. I work really hard to not regret anything. Every single day, I regret not visiting Miles in the hospital. He was in a coma for about a week. And I said, it's Miles. 
He'll be all right. He'll be fine. Yeah. I'm not worried about it. It's Miles. Something happened. But I don't even know what happened. At that, I didn't know what happened to him for about a year. No one was naive to how finite life is. You know, yeah. until and you're then, not, and, and then, then you realize, get, you know, every interaction matters. Could be the last time I see that guy. You know, God forbid. But finally, my mom told me, "Hey, Miles passed," yeah. and I didn't believe it. I was like, "There's no way." And I, at the time, was living with my mom's mom to transfer high schools. So my mom and my mom and I lived with her mom, uh, and I went down to the basement and I shut every light off and I closed the door and I turned my phone off, and I think I cried for like a day and a half. And it was really, really cool to see. People surround me kind of, I mean, that impacted me hard. Yeah, too, yeah. And we were in the playoffs for football still. It's like that was brother. my senior high school. It's literally like your brother, you know. Yeah, he was literally your brother. brother me. Yeah. That was, so we won the first round playoff game. Uh, one of, toot my own horn here, who, who, one of the biggest upsets in Illinois high school football history. What happened was, and I firmly believe that this has happened for a reason, we were the last team out of all eight divisions to make it in the playoffs. We are Team 256, as they're called it. Wow. Team 256 sucks. <laughs> and we are the last bottom seed. For those of you that know how playoffs in any sport work, you play the top seed. Yep. And everyone watching the seeding playoffs, my dad and I are watching on live TV, and I'm like, we're going to get shelled against the high school called Creek Moni. And for those of you who know, Laquan Treadwell, he played for the Vikings for a while. Yep. It's his high school. Mm. And I'm like, we're going to get shelled. And I was like, well, that's the reality of it. We went on to win that game. That's amazing. We won it on a Friday night. That's amazing. Saturday, my old high school, which is where Miles graduated from, and this is while Miles was in a coma, played their first-round playoff game. And I went, and I talked to Miles', Miles brother, who was one of my best friends growing up. He's like, hey, how, how's Miles doing? He's like, oh, good. We're going we're gonna to go to the hospital. We're going to visit him right now. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, cool. I'll, I'll probably try to get there later this week. He's like, okay, cool. A couple days later, Miles died. Mm-hmm. And... His funeral, the service was November 4th, the morning of November 4th, Saturday. I'll never forget it. And I went to the service and, you know, bawled my eyes out. All my friends are there. Huge service. I mean, this is a guy that everyone loved. It's always that guy. Yeah, it's always, it's always the loved one. It's always the good one. Yep. And finished the service. I couldn't even go to the burial because mm-hmm. I had to drive to the, to the locker room. We had our second round playoff game that night. And that was tough. What surprised me, and like I said, I wear a 70 around my, around my neck because that was Miles' high school football number. One of my best friends in high school, his name is Destin Talbert. He went on to play at NDSU. He's won three national championships, super successful career. I'm walking the hallway, and he throws me a jersey, a practice jersey, and it's number 70. Mm. And I wore 70 all week and bawled my eyes out in that hallway. I tried to actually wear... Uh, number 70 for the game and the state of Illinois wouldn't let me they said sorry dude like you can put the stickers on your helmet you can yeah. do whatever you want yeah. the guy that wore 70 at my high school let me wear his jersey on game day that's amazing he said hey that's wear amazing. this around the hallway this yeah. is and people in the, in the high school are like what the hell is going on but the whole team rallied around me I had a bunch of people that had 70 written on tape or they had 70 written on towels mm-hmm. and seeing a community rally around someone that they didn't even know I probably had 10 kids on that high school team wearing 70 strong bracelets for a kid that committed suicide that they didn't know. And it's like someone that grew up so strong and so passionate and just loved life. Mm. And he took his own life. Like, Mm. I will never for the rest of my life hesitate to visit someone in the hospital. I will never for the rest of my life hesitate to reach out to someone when I know that they're struggling or I think that they're struggling. Mm. Men's mental health is so prevalent in my life because of Miles small every single day 
So that's that's where mental health kicks in for me. I've never personally struggled with it. I'm very fortunate in that sense. I was raised with pretty strong tools and pretty strong people around me that's to amazing. work through that stuff. That's what we're trying to do. You know, it's that's what we want our kids to say. Right. You know, so right. it's it's a good thing. It's yeah. it's a it's a it, yeah. And um, man, that's that, I, I relate to that so well because. Uh, a kid named Dylan Muldoon who is we were not best friends like that but we were very close he would take me home every practice his stepdad would at the time we wrestled together and played football together um, but at junior year of high school he, he did kill himself and nobody knew nobody thought it would ever happen he was a very happy he was one of those guys that just laughed all the time very Robin, happy all the Robin time. Williams yeah exactly yeah, yeah. yep and uh, he, he committed suicide he overdosed and um, yeah I mean dude it's it's rough. It is it's it's hard, and, and and when you have people close to you, especially dealing with it, it's even harder. You know, because you love them so much, but it's like, are they gonna be there tomorrow, or is is one day gonna push them past the edge? You know, and um, it, as dark as it sounds, man, I've I've had to I've had to you know even even talk to my mother off the ledge when I was nineteen. You know, um, she I was I was her last call, and um, I, I, long conversation. And um, I had to I had to talk her, some sense into her, and thank God she's still here with me. But um, you know, having my sister deal with it as well, you know, she 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 tried at 13, and when I was on the way home, I was driving home from uh, Florida to Illinois, and I was three hours into a 17-hour drive, and I got a call that my sister's dead, 13 years old, and she overdosed on the floor. And so um, as I as I'm driving, I'm shocked, I'm angry, and I I, I have no way to I nothing I can do. I'm stuck in a car for 14 more hours. And, um, I got home. She was, she was alive. They resuscitated. They brought her back and thank God they did. And she's doing so much better now. So thank, thank God for all that. But it is hard, you know, and, and, and everybody across the, all platforms, whether you're, you come from, from, from a family that's very successful or you come from nothing, we all deal with it. And the best suggestion I have is to one, um, like Dan have outlets, have ways to get out of the headspace. And if you don't, look it up on YouTube, YouTube University. Get yourself a bachelor's degree in, in mental health if you need to, you know. Um, but uh, I love that story. I, lo I love how everybody came together and rallied around that because that's exactly what we did with Dylan. And uh, you just, you, you got to treat everybody, you know, like it, it, it's the last time you, 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 see, you can see them. You know, because it's Jeff, so you never true. Know you never know. What a smile could, could keep someone off that ledge for a day. Yeah. yeah. I think that's why like I share my story a lot now because it's like you don't know who's going through like the same thing until you kind of like put yourself out there. You know, there's been so many people that came up to me and was like, yeah, I kind of like deal with, you know, sleep issues to the point that I was thinking about, you know, not wanting to be here anymore. Yeah. So it was like just putting myself out there and people like hearing my story is the only thing I really care about now because it's like you don't know who you can reach or connect with through your story. So. Thanks, Matt, for Absolutely. sharing your story. Thank you, guys. That. Really? Thank you, yeah. guys, for sharing Justin, your stories. Yeah, you, you Seriously, as well, so. you know, we've, uh, we're all from different uh, realms, right? We, we're all yeah. completely different, but at the same time, we're all, you know, we're all brothers, and uh, we just got to, you know, right. treat everybody the way that uh, we're treating each other right now, you know, yeah. with respect, and just hear everybody out, and let people right. talk, and let people cry, and, and um, you know, just don't be an asshole. <laughs> Go out there and have an, and try to make an impact every single day. Right. Know? And check up on your friends too. Absolutely. Always. Check up Family, friends, family, friends yep. people you don't even know, you know, post it mm -hmm. on your Instagram if you need to talk to anybody or here's the hotline for this or right. here's the website for this, here's a video for this, you know, because if you battled with it and you've gotten, you, you've come out of it, you know how hard it is. Yeah, it's it's like every times. day I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm in a war with myself. Right. But yeah, you guys are fantastic. You guys are going to go far. I already know it. That's why I, you, you guys are my first podcast I've ever been on. So sorry for rambling. Hey, no, but, um, we appreciate the combo. I, I, 
man. Yeah. This was amazing. Thank we you guys. Appreciate it very Thanks. much. So, guys, obviously, thank you for listening as always. Make sure you subscribe. Go buy a meal from Amfit. Maybe not yeah. in the description. Buy a meal. Tell them Small World Business sent you. Matt might not spit in your food. So, <laughs> you know, we really appreciate oh, all the support that we've gotten. For we sure, know, obviously, sure. you guys are going to show lots of support to Matt. And, yeah. You know. Check them out, yeah. Check them out. Give it a listen. Subscribe. You know, send Matt a good, good feedback on Google or whatever. So, we'll see you guys next week, and thanks again for listening. Peace.